0: You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Spartans Nation, how on earth are we all doing today? Thank you so much for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, free and available, where you find folks get your podcast, as my voice cracks already twice this episode. How about that for you right there? I'm your host, Matt Sheehan. Again, thanks a lot for uh, joining us on today's show. You guys must be incredible Michigan State fans for listening in the offseason, and, well, yeah, I mean, hey, who who doesn't want to hear about their Michigan State Spartans? There's always fun stuff going on in East Lansing, like... Hey, on Monday, Mel Tucker spoke to the media, gave some good insight on what to expect this upcoming week. The scrimmage last Thursday, and a lot of other things. And then you all, just being the great people you are, just fantastic mailbag questions, ranging from actually like pretty good serious questions to like you know the the fun silly ones that we'll get to uh, here. Not just at the end of the show, but throughout the week as well. Hey, if you have any questions, comments, really, or anything that you want to get off your chest. LockdownSpartans at gmail.com is the place to find us. So let's just rock and roll right into the show. But before before getting to Mel Tucker's quotes from practice availability today, we got some women's basketball news. So, really quick, just want to sneak this in here. Uh, Nia Cloudon. She got drafted 12th overall tonight in the WNBA draft, going to the Connecticut Sun, Uh, the first women's basketball player to be drafted since Tori Jankoska and Ariel Powers. They both were drafted in 2016, 2017, so there we go. Nia Clouden. she left a year early and to go fulfill her dream to play WNBA basketball, and she will be doing so in Connecticut. So shout out to Nia and the women's basketball team right there off the top. So let's get into football. Talk now, right? Uh, I this actually caught me by surprise. I did not know this. I don't know if I just forgot something or what, but there was a scrimmage last Thursday. So apologies for not being in the know on that, Uh, or if it was kept top secret. Then okay, I feel a little better about myself and completely missing that. But hey, Mel Tucker filled us in as much as he wants to for what happened last Thursday. Hey, by now this is our second full off season with Coach Mel at the helm, and I think we know. How much he likes to keep things secret here uh, in East Lansing. He doesn't really like to put out a a death chart, if you will. He doesn't really like to talk about scrimmages. Heck, I mean, if it was up to him, I think, on Saturday with Big Ten Network there, with uh, fans filling Spart Stadium there. If it was truly 100% up to him, I think he'd be down to just have no numbers or names or anything on anyone's jersey to keep the mystery even higher than it already is around East Lansing. But he did speak a little bit. On Thursday, and uh, the two things that he mentioned uh, is that Jalen Berger popped a couple of big runs. Uh, I guess he's been a little hurt, a little banged up this offseason. So that Thursday scrimmage was the first time he was at full strength and apparently showed out pretty well. Not the only running back, though that's been impressing people, but we'll We'll get to him in a little bit. I like that. It's called a cliffhanger in the podcasting industry. And the second thing, uh, he said the O-line looks strong despite being banged up. So let's I don't know if that's true. I don't know if they actually do look strong or if he's just trying to throw his guys a bone as they have like roughly, what, eight healthy offensive linemen going in spring practice. But hey, any way you slice it, Mel said he's happy with the offensive line so far. And yeah, if Mel's happy, I'm happy. Also kind of on that note with offensive linemen and then just being so banged up and just no depth there whatsoever. If you don't know by now, Saturday's spring game, will have some air quotes around it, spring game, because it's going to be like last year, where it's going to be mostly practices, there will be TV timeouts mixed in there, but also, Mel did bring up that at the end, there will be uh, a little scrimmage going on there. Hopefully we'll get more insight from Darian Harris, uh, Director of uh, Player Development, tomorrow. He'll be joining the show. If you have any questions for Darian, doesn't even have to be about the spring game, just about his playing days in general or anything. Spartans at gmail.com. Just wanted to plug that before going any further because Mel Tucker talked a lot, a lot about the spring game, and he said that, and also I may add a lot of these quotes. Got them off Twitter. Guys from uh, the Detroit News, Matt Charbonneau, Lane State Journal, Chris Solari. Uh, we even got a State News Sam Sklar tweet in here. So just want to give those guys credit before going any further because, well, they're the ones doing the work and providing these quotes for us. So Tucker says, I would love to be able to play. In a traditional game, if we could, but numbers don't allow it, and uh, hopefully that you know there will still be a game-like atmosphere, and that, of course, you know, he wants it to be physical. He says, quote, it will be physical and it will be chippy, and also adds that there are going to be a lot of recruits in town. Parlay that into his urge, his desire to see you. Yes, you listening to this right now at the stadium on Saturday, because... He, he made a comparison to Georgia. Now, this is a, a comparison that's going to be very, very hard to reach, I think. And to go along with the attendance that he wants to see Saturday, he says, quote, recruiting is a lot about comparison. And he also pointed out that his first year at Georgia, they had 97,000 fans at their spring game. Listen, Michigan State faithful. We're a great fan base, Uh, but I... 97,000 for a spring game is asking a lot here. I don't think he expects that. I don't think he expects Spartan Stadium to be sold out. Usually it's maybe a third full, but it's going to be a massive, massive, massive recruiting day. Probably more five stars on campus at the same time than there ever have been at Michigan State between the 2023 class, the 2024 class, and I think there's some 2025 guys in there as well. We'll get more into that later in the week with Justin Sindh. We're going to do a full recruiting show around the spring game and around those three classes coming up. So stay tuned to that if I could plug another show in right there. But yeah, hey, Mel wants to see butts in the seats. And yeah, sure, to create the game-like atmosphere, that's all fun and well. But mm, he knows that he has some recruits that he wants to impress. And these recruits, they're not just visiting like Rutgers or Northwestern or Purdue or anything. like. No, no, no. These guys are going to places where spring games are sold out, so let's make a good first impression right there is uh, what Mel Tucker wants to say. Uh, also, want to make this the final quote about spring game is that uh, Matt Charbonneau, he tweeted this out, uh, Tucker asked what he wants to see on Saturday, and he says, quote, a relentless effort. Strike it off your bingo card. We are playing the hits. We are finally officially in the offseason, so it's it's great. Now, as far as some player chatter, again, Mel doesn't necessarily love to talk about each and every player and say what's going well, what's going bad, but he did throw a bone to two guys. And the first one is Ronald Williams. Uh, This is from Chris Solari. He tweeted this out. Tucker says he believes cornerback Ronald Williams is, quote, coming into his own and improved this spring. And, quote, I think we're gaining a lot of ground in pass coverage. Okay, if I can just throw a quip in there. Like, yeah, you have to be gaining ground in pass coverage because the only way to go is up. Yeah, it's borderline impossible to get worse, but I, on a real note, I do like hearing that about Ronald Williams. And this was a kid that, if we all remember, he came from Juco, he played quarterback, and now he's trying to play defensive back. Was at Alabama, okay, wasn't getting a lot of playing time, came up here. Wasn't the most sterling start to his season, but as the season went along, you saw progression, and then he got hurt, so that kind of flattened things out, stalled out, but. Really, I mean, as far as defensive backs go, he was the guy that was improving. His stock was going up as the season went along, so hopefully he can get to a good baseline where he is in a starting cornerback position opposite of, I'm going to guess some mere Speed right now, but there's still a lot of practice, a lot of offseason to have things shake out in the cornerback room. And the other running back, other than Jalen Berger that I wanted to talk about, that Mel Tucker wanted to talk about, again is Davion Prim and this is our second week in a row doing this where we're talking about Davion Prim who a lot of people including myself thought would be like the fifth running back in the pecking order here listen you got Jalen Berger you got Jarek Broussard who's going to join in the offseason you have Eli Collins you have Jordan Simmons heck you have Harold Joyner if you want to throw his name in there And then there's Davion Prim, but last week Jay Johnson spoke very highly of him. And that was off the tail of comments Mel Tucker made even earlier than that about Davion Prim. And now here he is doubling down. This tweet from Chris Solari, Tucker on running back Davion Prim, quote, I'm not putting him in the Hall of Fame or anything, but you asked about players who have gotten better, and he adds uh, flashing uh, tendencies, you know, just, yeah, he adds flashes, essentially. Sorry, I kind of fumbled over that quote right there. But also, and this is fun too, that Tucker... And his team uh, uses the term player alert to describe when he's seen, uh, you know, a redshirt freshman or a transfer or an up-and-coming kid have some good scrimmages and practices. So I like that. Like, you see Prim break out a big run. Oh, player alert. So anyway, that's one of the fun offseason quirks I like. But yeah, like, is this Davion Prim smoke actually serious? Because I'm starting to think like now it is. Like, once was like, okay, they're trying to make the kid feel good, maybe, whatever. But, like, now this is, like, two, three weeks in a row where Davion Prim is the cat's pajamas. Like, he's just the talk of the town in the running back room. And I guess there is reason to believe it because, sure, kid's talented. Fine. Yeah, that, that's awesome. But also, and this is, like, the, the, the meaner part of the sentence, or the brutally honest part, as I call it. But running back room did not... Leave a lot to be desired last year. Listen, I know Eli Collins had that great year where he led the Big Ten in rushing. Um, or I'm sorry, like as far as returning players, the next season went. I know Jordan Simmons, speed demon, shows some great flashes, but like, not not a lot of progress was seen last year. And not necessarily inspired by Harold Joiner uh, in that running back position. I think he's going to be more of an H back. So the doors open. You only got Jalen Berger to compete against with right now as far as guys that are trying to be new names, new faces, before Jarek Broussard joins in the offseason as well. But, hey, maybe this will be the surprise of the offseason that Davion Prim is getting up in that pecking order and becomes a top three running back for the team this season. I mean, that would be remarkable. And one more quick one. This is from State News reporter Sam Sklar. Oh, yeah, we touched it all here. Unlocked on Spartans because we're talking lawn snappers. We got a lawn snapping update. Quote, Hank Pepper is snapping it back there pretty good. Let's go. No stone left unturned. You want to talk lawn snappers, we're talking lawn snappers. If you don't want to talk lawn snappers, we're going to do it anyway here. Uh, We're also going to be talking uh, more football here. A little bit of basketball coming up. But first, just got to talk to you fine folks about BetOnline.net. Woo! Gang, I mean... How does it get better than Betonline.net? I it it doesn't, first of all, because they got you covered for this fun month on the horizon. Baseball starting. Okay, awesome. Golf hitting its stride right now. You got hockey playoffs. You also got NBA playoffs. And right now, there's no better place than Betonline.net. It is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the Major League Baseball season. Bet online—it's your continued source for your sporting wagering information, from live betting to playoffs to esports. That's right, esports and more. So head to the website today. Use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends and action at Bet Online, where the game starts. Before kicking off this mailbag here, just want to thank every single one of you for making Locked On Spartans your first listen every single day. I cannot mean that enough like you guys are just the absolute best thank you for writing this out here in the off season five days a week here on the locked on spartans podcast so thank you very much and hey i'm gonna bark this email address out one more time hopefully one more time uh locked on spartans at gmail.com if you have any questions because we got a lot of questions here and we're gonna start off with football and miles has a great question And this comes down to one game next year. And it's not, no, against that team down the road. It's not like the opener against Western. No, no, no. He says, can MSU ever, can MSU ever win against Ohio State in the regular season? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, why not? You probably want a more, you know, clear, well thought out answer than that. But, yeah, like, in the root of it, yeah. Hey, listen, Purdue did it a few years ago. How fun was that? Granted, that we're coming up on like five years since that's happened. And also, let's not remember, Maryland was a botched two-point conversion away from doing it a few years ago. So, those are just examples here and there to say that, like, of course it's possible. And you know this. You listening know this, that, yeah, like, wins happen and upsets happen. But beyond that, what is the best way to beat Ohio State, and it's going to be the biggest cliche in the world. It is, oh my god, it's recruiting. How about that? If only we had a head coach that really knew how big of an impact recruiting has on college football, and oh my god, would you look at that, we do right now. Um, I think that this right now, in the regime that we're in right now, under Mel Tucker, is really, really a good place to have Michigan State as far as where they're at in the pecking order against Ohio State. And no, I'm going to stop you right there if you're already thinking this. Uh, I don't have amnesia. No, I did not get blackout drunk at last year's game. Because I do remember what happened when Michigan State played Ohio State, going down 49-0 to zero at halftime. However, I just want to say this. I I think it was two things. No, okay, well, I think it was three things. Okay, excuse me, three things. The first is that that was a bad Really bad matchup. We all know Michigan State's past defense issues. Ohio State's got three guys that are going to be top-tier NFL draft picks on that roster. And, oh yeah, C.J. Stroud, a Heisman finalist. Okay, number two, MSU. A little banged up that year. Or at that game, rather. Whether it be Kenneth Walker, whether it be the defensive back, or what have you. Okay, and the third and most important reason right there is because they're, they're still Ohio effing State. And... They're a very good team. Reasons one and two were not the reason that you got smoked that game, but they're certainly a reason. Um, so I don't think that that deficit really tells how big the gap is between Ohio State and Michigan State. I think it's a gap, no doubt about it. Is it the same gap that you see when Ohio State plays, oh, I don't know, give me some random, East Eastern Michigan? I No, I don't because the talent's only getting better in East Lansing through recruiting. And where was Ohio State vulnerable last year was the the trenches. We saw it in that Michigan game last year. We saw it in that early game against Oregon. And so if you can get close to the trench level that they're at, that's where you start to think like, okay, maybe things can happen. Maybe a bounce of the ball or two or three goes our way and we win next year. So, do I think that we beat Ohio State next season? Like, no, I, I don't. But I think that we'll be closer because we also do get them at home this year. It is a little kind of at the early end of the season. But, yeah, I, I think it'll be maybe two or three more years before we could sit down for a Buckeye-Spartan game and be like, the boys have a chance today. And don't get me wrong, Like I know this upcoming season, the day of the game, I will be thinking that right now, but right now in the offseason, when I have clarity of mind, like I I know we're maybe two, most likely three years away from being on that level, because let's also think about who else has given them some good battles over the years, and that's Penn State. Heck, they've even won uh, against them, and the reason that those games are so evenly matched, for the most part, I mean, they're still like 10-point games, sometimes 14-point games, but... Still, when Ohio State's smoking the rest of the Big Ten and they're having actual competitive games against Penn State, I think it is just because of recruiting. And Penn State has had classes continuously that are like top 15, if not top 10, that can hang with the dogs that Ohio State has. So once Michigan State starts racking those up, I'm starting to feel really good about that. A lot better than I do. Well, in the middle of the second quarter, last November, watching... Ohio State play Michigan State so yeah I hope that was a good enough um, answer I know that was pretty long-winded but I think that there's a lot to to dissect and talk about there Um, and this is this is a fun game we're just going to funnel right into this one here this is from Thomas Zambiasi Zambiasi Tommy Z is what we'll call him right here what will be the most underrated home games next football season based on game day vibes matchup etc absolutely love that question I will throw an asterisk right on top of it immediately. That this is all subject to change based on like kickoff time, because I don't think any kickoff times for these games have been announced yet. So this is going to change the hype. Like for example, like okay, I think uh, a noon Akron game would kind of be a stinker. Put it eight thirty though, and it's like it's okay. You it might actually want to come to East Lansing for that game at that point. So let's just go ahead and rank them. Right, the seven home games from. Least hype to most hype. Number seven, Akron just said it. Second game of the year. Uh, I've never seen a game that screams Big Ten Network more in my life uh, than Zips vs. Spartans at noon on a like unseasonably warm like ninety-three degree September day. Uh, Second to last place. I got to give the Rutgers game. I don't think there's any explanation for that. It's it's just the Rutgers game. I'm sorry. No no disrespect, but let me just disrespect you. Uh, Number five on this list, I have the Indiana game. And that will be a nice one because that's a home finale this year. And it's not going to be in that weird week after Thanksgiving where, like, 50% of the stadium's filled up. There's no student section whatsoever. Like, no, everything's, like, class is still in session for the Indiana week. So that'll be a nice home finale for the guys. And number four, I got that Western Michigan game just because we're back. Like, that's, that's the season opener. And I think number four might even be a little too low because number three, I have the Minnesota game. Now this is one of these games where it depends a lot on kickoff time. If it's like a 3.30 or an 8.30 game, you get some good tailgating in East Lansing What an awesome way to kick off the Big Ten season. That's also why I have it at number three because that's the Big Ten opener. And it's a pretty solid opponent. I'm sure Tanner Morgan will be back for his 17th year Uh, over in Minnesota, so they'll be a a decent team. P.J. Fleck uh, he's always on the up and down I think last year was a down year for them, so yeah, I think the Gophers are going to be a live dog this year. Number two I I got Wisconsin, and then number one is that Ohio State game, but those are back-to-back weekends oh my god, I cannot wait for that to, oh, just culminate in East and that's going to be beautiful beautiful what else is beautiful, though, is this question. From Tony Garza, uh, this is, if you can go to Crunchies with any four current or former MSU athletes, who would it be and why? Okay, I had to split this up to basketball, to football, as hard as that was. And I would have loved to invite Tom Izzo to this dinner, maybe even Mel Tucker, but he says athletes, athletes. So, first and foremost, uh, bet and lead off at my table to my right will be Mr. Draymond Green. Not only is he one of my favorite players of all time, probably one of your favorite players of all time if you're out there listening, but, uh, yeah, it ends up this guy is an incredible like, storyteller, uh, great trash talker. I What a delight that would be just to be around Draymond Green, especially if you throw in, like, a pitcher or, like, a bucket of beer in there as well. I, telling stories about the NBA. Uh, his childhood, I'm sure, would have great stories. And, oh, yeah, just his playing days at Michigan State would be. Just incredible. And on that note, my number two guy is going to be Shalik Calhoun, a guy that hasn't been here for about eight years now at this point. But if I can uh, just put on my glory days hat, back when I was covering uh, the Michigan State Spartans uh, for the state news, they, they had me go to a one football uh, press conference, and Shalik Calhoun was there, and this was after they just won the Rose Bowl. So everyone's in a great mood, especially Shalik he was holding court. He was awesome, so just like Draymond, uh, just incredible at, at talking with people, telling stories, all that fun stuff. So I think that would be a lot of fun to have. And then I, I got to funnel into front of the program for number three because this is just like Shalik. He did play about nine, ten years ago and now at this point, but it's Jarrell worthy. Like, I, if you ever listen to him when he's been on the podcast, I think he's been on twice, most recently before the Michigan game. Just an electric factory. Easy guy to talk to. Guy that is just just fantastic at it. just uh, reading the vibe, joking around, but also doesn't hold back any punches and just tells it how it is and is just a great storyteller. So I got to go with Jarrell Worthy for number three. And then number four, I'm strictly playing to my childhood right now, and I have to round it out with a basketball player. And if you're watching on YouTube, I don't know if you can see it. I, I know the camera quality isn't the best, but there is... There's an autograph on that jersey behind me, and that is one of Drew Neitzel. Absolutely, positively love Drew Neitzel, and I also think it'd be interesting to get stories from, like, you know, the Izzo era from the mid-2000s. Has Izzo softened around the edges all too much since then? I don't necessarily think too much, but I even think those minor changes would be very interesting to listen to and just go back to the days of... Of just Drew Neitzel, just when I'm a middle school kid watching this guy just ball out. So, yeah, got to go. Got to go Drew Neitzel there. And, wow, this is a straight Glory Day question right here. This is from Jay Hennessy. Absolutely love this one. Favorite game you attended while in college? Beside the team down the road, he adds. So that eliminates like six or seven games between football and basketball right off the tops there. And for reference, if everyone could pull up a seat to uh, to old Matt's storytelling corner right here, my era was 2010 to 2014. So yes, I was that four year stretch without a Final Four. However, hey, got got to see a Rose Bowl out of it my senior year, so it's uh, we'll call that a wash. Um, right now, I. I I I couldn't really necessarily think of any basketball games because all my favorite ones were against Michigan. There was one where um, Illinois came in. It was College Game Day. That was an awesome game. I I think it was a blowout. I should have looked this up beforehand, but I guess that's on the outside looking in. But my three favorite games to attend while I was a student there is number three, I'm going to go with the Boise State game in 2012. And that might seem odd because that was a certified snoozer of a game. Like, no question about it. it. If I could be frank, it was kind of like underwhelming the outcome, but it, it was it was an incredible vibe around campus. Night game. I remember getting there so early to get pretty good seats. I think like 10 rows up or something like that, but the Le'Veon Bell Hurdle, campus was buzzing, just came off a really nice 2011 season. Just beat George in the Outback Bowl. So, yeah, vibes were so high. Fives were so high, and uh, yes, that was an awesome game to be at. Number one and two, if you ask me the same question next week, I'll probably flip around the answers constantly for the rest of my life. But for this day, number two is going to be Little Giants. Freshman year, I was as sick as a dog. uh, But up there in the student section, and no one saw this coming. I, I, I thought that there was a fumble snap, a broken play, and the game was over. Oh, it was over, all right. Uh, pandemonium! I think I started in row fifty. We got there really late, so I think I started in row fifty. And after all the group hugs and the mob in the student section, like I, I ended up in like row thirty-seven. My buddy that I came with was an entirely different section over, so it was just hysteria in the student section. I'll always remember that one the rest of my life. And then number one, if you can guess it, non-Michigan game between the years of two thousand ten and two thousand fourteen. That will be the rocket game, the hail mary game against Wisconsin. Just twelve rows up from the field, I, I the entire place was obviously going completely berserk, except me. <laughs> I was stunned. I couldn't. I, I quite literally could not believe what I just witnessed, and I was not doing a good job at digesting. It. I was just stunned. Well, everyone was just losing their minds because it was overwhelming. First of all, not only was it an awesome finish in just the most dramatic fashion with the referee announcing it after a review, but that was like a pretty incredible and high-profile matchup too. Sensational game, wire-to-wire. Wire-ish to wire, I should say, because Wisconsin started that game up 14-0 immediately, and I looked at my buddy, and I'm like... um. What are your thoughts on leaving halftime? Like, I like I, I don't usually do this, but I'm also not trying to see a a slaughter here, an execution of my favorite college football team. But, uh, hey, luckily, hmm, Tide turned. That block punt right before halftime happened right in front of our section. Like, it was just whew, noisy the entire game. Now, of course, I wish I could add the the 2013 Michigan game, the, the game in 2011 against Michigan where Kirk Cousins ran up in our section after the game. Or... I graduated a year too early for, for this one, the 2015 Oregon game, because I've never seen or heard or felt Spartan Stadium like that ever in my entire life, and don't think I ever will ever again. That's not to say like, oh, fans are getting quiet these days. Like, no, it was just like top ten match, like the, 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 the oh god, the tailgating. Oh, I was just so sublime. I'm, I'm, I'm already just getting swept away and thinking about it seven years ago. Oh, that does not sit well with me. Oh, I'm getting so old. This is horrible. You know, it's not horrible though. You, you guys are listening? Thank you so much once again for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day. We'll be back tomorrow, and it's not just me going solo. We've got Darian Harris. That's right, former player, current MSU football staff member. It's gonna be awesome. We'll talk spring game. We'll talk. We'll talk everything. Who are we kidding? Uh, you-, you know how it goes when we have uh, interviews. We bebop. We go around. So that'll be fun. And then also the day after that we'll be talking with justin thin of 24 7 sports because this is a recruiting weekend in the spring like you have never seen before any slanting so we're going to get down to the nitty-gritty of all that but until then hey thank you once again for making lockdown spartans your first listen now go make your second listen locked on nfl draft with ryan tracy former nfl cornerback eric crocker they bring the nfl draft life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and nfl front offices Free and available where you get your podcast. Love you all. Go green.